It's one of the most famous zip codes in America. So what's it like being the official spokesperson of Beverly Hills? You're about to find out. Hey, welcome back. Good to be with you again. I'm Brian, and I'm excited to have a good friend and former colleague of mine join me for this episode of Just Say It. If you recall, last time I told you a little bit about my communications background. It started out uh, in the TV news industry, then transitioned into being a spokesperson. And well, that's the same path uh, actually taken by our guest today. We worked together uh, back at the ABC affiliate in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for a few years. So this was back in the early 2000s. Uh, kept in touch ever since, good friend of mine, and now he has one of the coolest jobs out there in spokesperson life. Keith Sterling joins us today, the public information manager for the city of Beverly Hills. Hey, Keith, what's up, buddy? Brian, how are you, sir? Great to talk to you. Man, I'm doing good uh, for you. Hey, it's been, what, a couple of years now since you started this gig in Beverly Hills, right? Yeah, it's been about two and a half years, and uh, although I say the last year has made it feel, I guess, like five or ten for for me and everyone else, but uh, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite a ride, and yeah, I guess it's been twenty years since we worked together, believe it or not, in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, back in the good old days of uh, trying to sneak in some golf on all those courses out there, and something about getting free golf shirts or something, if I recall correctly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, good old days. Yeah, man. But seriously, we've all been through just a wacky year here, and I'm guessing Beverly Hills during the most average of times, like a probably what a thirteen out of ten on the activity scale. But you know, with all that's happened uh, in the past twelve months or so. Uh, Keith, what's this past year been like uh, out there for you? It's been the most intense 12 months of my career, for sure. Uh, you know, e- even despite the craziness of the television news business. Uh, and I've worked for, for multiples like you, multiple agencies, other cities, universities as, the, as communications lead. And I, I never, though, have faced so many uh, challenges in, in one short amount of time that I have here. So we had COVID, of course, which started last February, March-ish for everyone. And that changed the scope of my work immediately. And I, you know, it's one thing I, I talk about sometimes is I really, as much as I think I understood communication or understand communications, I needed a little bit of a wake-up call right when COVID started, because I remember our director of emergency management at the time, Right when it right when it was breaking, called me and said, "You know, Keith, you're really going to need to start to zone in on this because this is going to be something that's going to be huge." Hmm. And I remember saying to her, "Well, I mean, this is beyond us. This is beyond the city. I mean, this is a this is a national international uh, issue. There's only so much we can do as a city." And it was shortly after that that I realized that our residents. Our businesses were all turning to us, city of Beverly Hills, for information. And they were scared and they were confused. Yeah. And so it was a it was a quick lesson in, wow, yes, this may be a global issue, but at the end of the day, they wanna they being our, our community wants to hear from us, the city. And so that was a wake up call right away. Well, and from the spokesperson's standpoint, having done this myself, right, there's a strategic process for this there's a there's a process involved as in you know lots of information of course needed to go out but yeah, how to do it and in what form and what dosage of course that's where a little bit of expertise comes in right well that's what's been the biggest challenge and still is today 
In fact, I, I did a, I took a screenshot yesterday on uh, not to uh, criticize our friends at, at KNBC Los Angeles, but Channel Four here in Los Angeles had a post on their website yesterday, and the and the text above the so the headline is L.A. County prepares to expand vaccines, and the and the text above it is. Due to a shortage of COVID vaccines in LA County, Dodger Stadium and other sites will temporarily close this week. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I looked at it and I said, wow. And that's been probably the biggest challenge throughout this whole process is we're relying on LA County Department of Public Health. So as the city of Beverly Hills, we don't have our own health department. We're under the jurisdiction of LA County Health. So we're really taking their lead. And so as far as you know, advice about how to treat the symptoms or what the symptoms are, uh, what people should do and where they can find information. We were dependent on them initially and then realized, wow, we really need to kind of gear up here and get our own channels uh, up to, you know, up to date with information. So um, I think the, the biggest challenge initially too was uh, with our businesses. There were these restrictions that were coming in on outdoor dining and then it was social distancing and masks, no masks. And our city was actually one of the first ones in California to mandate masks. Oh, wow. And that was a huge deal. Uh, we received a lot of attention on it and some criticism. Of course, now it's the, the way, you know, standard. Uh, but I think the challenge uh, and the lesson there was learning to try to communicate clear information in a very unclear time and, 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 say, and, and feeling okay to say, we're still gathering information. This is still being determined, but here's what we know right now. And so I think that was the lesson also is that folks want to hear from you, even if you don't have concrete details or things to share, at least they're hearing from you to say, looking into it, we're working on it. So that's what we tried to do. Well, isn't it true, uh, just in general this past year, I don't know about you, man, but I feel like in this past year or so, we uh, as people, right, we're pretty much just. I don't know, making it up as we go along. I mean, of course, yeah, there's experts and policies and stuff, of course. But, man, let's be honest. No one has ever seen anything like this before. And so, essentially, I feel like we've all just been in this mode of trying to figure stuff out, right, as best as we can. And it's been really interesting along the way. Right. And the and the emotions around it, I, I that's something I, I think I underestimated. Now I don't. But um, people... I mean, I can remember some of our early social media posts relating to face coverings and social distancing and some of the comments that were coming in. People were just irate right. on both sides saying that, you know, we should be shutting down the city completely. And then others saying, you know, you can't be shutting down. You can't be limiting. You're putting people out of business. Um, and, and so, you know, and then... You know, this all started in February, March, and then I, I know you remember the, the unrest in, in May and June with following the George Floyd, uh, uh, George Floyd murder. And we uh, at Beverly Hills actually became a site for major demonstrations, and we ended up having looting and violence and break-ins on Rodeo Drive, which, so I, I can still remember sitting in the Emergency Operations Center, it was May 30th, with a mask on. I mean, everybody's distance with the masks on. And here we are implementing curfews in the city of Beverly Hills hmm. because there was looting and rioting on Rodeo Drive. I mean, I felt like it was in a time where I said, is this really happening right now? Two major emergencies fighting at one time. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so it's been, that's why I told you about this, you know, last year has been quite the time. It's, it's been quite the time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we keep saying, right, there's no going back to normal, but somehow there's this new, whatever it is, call it normal, call it whatever we want on the way, uh, right? Someday. Uh, and whenever that happens, man, it sounds like you're going to need a bit of a vacation. <laughs> so where does, uh, where does Keith Sterling go to vacation whenever that happens? Uh, it's interesting. I, I was thinking about that. I said, hopefully this summer I can go home to New York and I haven't been back in a few years to Long Island and just see some of the old friends and, and scenery that I'm, that there's comfort, I guess, comfort, comfort to go home. Um, and hopefully by, you know, the summer of 2021, it's going to, things are going to start to, I hope, uh, resemble somewhat of what we, what we remember. But, um, and I, I would say though, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like a talking point, but I don't know if we'll ever totally go back to normal. I think it'll be, I mean, for for instance, for me, it's funny. I, I watched, you know, I was watching TV the other night and they were showing a scene from Mardi Gras five years ago. I never thought of it in this lens as I do now, looking at all those people in <laughs> one crowded, congested area. Right. Yelling, screaming, laughing, drinking. I don't know if I'll ever go into that type of environment again and not think about COVID, not think about germs, not think about, you know, think about it in that context. I mean, granted, we'll have vaccines, but just the way we look at things, the way we, I guess the way I wash my hands or I use sanitizer <laughs> or um, all those things. I think that's what, that's what I, I think will be hard to not continue in some way. All right, man. So you're in Beverly Hills, and I know it's been a pandemic year and lots going on just in general. But I mean, dude, it's still Beverly Hills. And for somebody who's thinking, what exactly is that like? I mean, for example, our crew was back there, right? You'll recall a few years ago, we met up with you there, took a little walk on Rodeo Drive. And, That's right. I remember that. Right, right. We saw Sharon Stone getting fitted for eyeglasses, the movie star from years past there and i mean we're like there for an hour within five minutes i see this guy with this giant two foot long zoom lens pointed at a window so i mean is that really how things go down out there on a daily basis is it like a celebrity promenade all the time or or is that just sometimes it's not all the time it's not all the time people ask me that too it's like every day do you see a celebrity do you talk to a celebrity no i don't um do i see them occasionally yes do i talk to them occasionally yes you know, for instance, today we had a conference call. We're talking about the Golden Globes this year uh, that happened at the Beverly Hilton and how that's going to look different this year um, and the city's preparations for that and whatnot. Uh, so there's a perfect example. I can remember last year, uh, Golden Globes were in January 2020, right before the, everything started really happening and being on the red carpet with the mayor. And um, I always tell the People ask me, like, what's the best story you have since your time, you know, your time in Beverly Hills? I said, well, actually, a lot of my stories are non-celebrity. I and mean, it's just the people in this community have, have made me feel so welcome. The city council, the mayor have made me feel so included and uh, valued. And I've just loved my time here. But if I had to if I had to talk about a celebrity story, which people ask me for, I usually I usually um, talk about the time I was at the Golden Globes. And I was in the back of the ballroom during the during the ceremony. Right. And I looked over to the left, and here come here comes Harrison Ford walking toward me. And I looked to the right, and here comes Michael Douglas walking toward me. <laughs> and the two of them stopped right in front of me and have a conversation. He goes, and Harrison or Michael Douglas says, "I haven't seen you in so long." Gives him a kiss on the cheek. How you been? We gotta get together. We gotta, and I'm looking. I'm thinking. I'm like, okay. 
Both of these guys played presidents in movies. They're probably one of the most you know popular actors in the world, both of them. Nice. Um, and they're just having a conversation here right in front of me. That was pretty nice. <laughs> a far cry from uh, that first live shot about, I don't know, some mundane event back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Gotta say, man, you messaged me something recently about an encounter with a, a current pop musician out there, and I will say that one got my teenage son's attention. He thought it was pretty cool, so um, thanks for boosting my street cred in the house uh, here. Well, it, it, it is interesting. I guess that's, I talk about that too, the, the, the positives, uh, and sometimes the challenges with this job is that anything that happens here becomes national news. It makes makes it for a, for a challenging time, but it's great too because, you know, we get to tell our story to the world, and people listen when we have things to say, which is nice. You know, one of the things that uh, caught our attention when we were out there was that line to get into a store, right? You know, not everyone gets into the store at once. Some of those ones there along Rodeo, right? There's only a select amount of people allowed in the store at a time. But, buddy, I think they actually had COVID kind of figured out before COVID, right? They actually had it already taken care of. That's what's happening in stores now in many places, Beverly Hills, way ahead of their time, I suppose. So true. They have the lines speed up outside because, uh, yeah, they just needed to do it that way. And that's true. Now that's become uh, that's become routine. And the other thing that we're doing now, too, in Beverly Hills, which a lot of cities, of course, are doing, but we really had to adjust is for this outdoor dining because uh, we're such a destination for restaurants. Uh, we have some amazing restaurants in town and so many people will come to, to the city to eat. And so uh, there's this whole program we've done called Open BH. We have a whole team that did a, has done a great job in, you know, permitting these outdoor spaces. And they're gorgeous, some of these restaurants, what they've done with their spaces. Uh, because we're trying to be supportive of the businesses, retail, restaurant, hotel. Because we're, you know, we, we've obviously lost a lot of uh, revenue because of the loss of visitors in the city. Uh, but we're starting to slowly see that come back. Um, and we're fortunate to to be a city that can absorb some of that, you know, those problems uh, better than others. Well, now we're talking food, so I think we should go down the food path here. You see, Keith and I, uh, we had an opportunity to meet up in Dallas a number of years ago at a public information officer conference or something like that. I, I was the spokesperson for the city of North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at the time. Uh, Keith, you were out in Oklahoma, right? Broken Arrow at that time? Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. That's yeah, right. so, uh, you know, we already worked together in the Myrtle Beach area there at the TV station, and uh, now we're down in Dallas meeting up. Yeah, we were at Morton Steakhouse down there, and buddy, I gotta say, I, I can still taste the steak. <laughs> that was a good piece of meat right there, and uh, one of my favorite meals for a, uh, a favorite meal of yours. Uh, what would you say, man? What is uh, the, the meal of choice uh, that you go to when it's time to chow? That is, the, you know, steak. That is my favorite. Steakhouse is my favorite. And there's one out here. I guess I shouldn't give a plug, but I, I will anyway. Uh, Mastro's is a, is a steakhouse that's actually uh, started in Arizona and is mostly in the Western United States. But there's about, I think, seven or eight locations in California. Uh, I think there's two in Arizona. And now, Brian, just so you know, they opened one in Chicago. Oh, nice. They opened one in... Miami, D.C., and New York, just one, um, Mastro's, and it's the best, it's, I mean, Morton's is wonderful, but Mastro's is out of this world, <laughs> so that, I think that was the last place I ate before the shutdown, and probably the first place I'll go back. Right, yeah, there's a diner uh, that we had up right before the shutdown, I remember uh, eating that meal, thinking, I've got to savor this thing, and, and man, along those lines, gotta say, I, I've never appreciated some of the more simple things more 
than this past year, you know, with so many of them being taken away with all that's been going on. And I don't know, same for you. Have you found the same kind of maybe appreciation for things in a different way? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been incredible. I mean, I, I've actually spent some time in Orange County too on, on the weekends and Orange County is a little less populated than LA County. And their restrictions there were a little bit less, uh, and so ha- I've been able to do some outdoor dining down there uh, more uh, than I have in L.A. It was only recently that L.A. opened up. But I remember, you know, there were months that we didn't do it at all. And the first time I went back to outdoor dining, I mean, it was just, it makes you appreciate the little thing. And I don't, I mean, I, I guess that's what I hope for all of us after this is that we all look at things a little bit differently and appreciate, I mean, even just, like I say, you know, going to a cup of, get a cup of coffee or get a bagel or do whatever we do. It's, uh, you know, it's the little things that we need to cherish and appreciate moving forward after this. All right. So let's go back in time a little bit. You're growing up, right? You got no idea necessarily you're going to take this path of, of TV guy and then ultimately spokesperson of Beverly Hills, all the rest there. As a kid, what did Keith Sterling want to be when he grew up? Well, I mean, I don't remember specifically until I was in high school, really having a career focus or interest. Um, and it was at high school that I started to determine that I wanted to be a news anchor, a news reporter, being the TV news. Business. Yeah. I just love the, uh, the sense of being in the know, the sense of being, um, you know, having breaking news and being in the middle of that and having access to information. And I think growing up on Long Island, I grew up. In the New York, so that's the New York City television market. So we watch some of the best newscasters in the country, and there's always so much news in New York, obviously. And uh, right, so I think that was what kind of you know really piqued my interest. And then it was all I was all in from that point, and you know looked for the best journalism school and whatnot. And then when I made the, it's interesting. I did it for seven years, and then um, kind of came to this point where I was like, okay. I think I've done this. I'm happy with what I've done. I still want to use these skills. It's very important to me to use the skills of the writing and communicating. And so, you know, being a PR person is kind of a natural transition for a lot of former journalists. And Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, if you had asked me then if I ever, you know, thought I'd end up uh, in Beverly Hills, you know, no. I mean, I can still remember coming to L.A. for the first time when I, uh, it was a visit, I think, in 2003. This is the first place I came was Beverly Hills, just because I wanted to see it. I mean, and just driving around the streets and looking at everything, it was it was incredible. You know, it was uh, it was pretty pretty remarkable. So I, I do I do consider it a privilege for sure to to work here now and uh, and have all the uh, the exciting news coming through here that we do every day. That's cool, man. Uh, and Keith, I'm guessing you probably experienced this along the way, you know, with my background as well uh, in, in the uh, TV broadcasting arena and doing some PR and spokesperson work as well. And maybe you get this uh, with folks that talk to you like, I don't know how you do that, right? Like, how do you get in front of a camera or maybe do a live shot or in the spokesperson side? Uh, how are you getting in front of the camera from the other side and doing that? I, I did get that question quite a bit. And, and dude, to be honest, I, I got to say, I didn't really think about it much. Uh, when I was in TV, I mean, I don't know if for whatever reason that just seemed to come naturally. It was really no big deal. Uh, but when I started as a spokesperson, 
man, that first interview I remember doing back in North Myrtle Beach, I was like actively thinking while talking to this person, you know, while they're asking me questions, I'm like, I, I may not know what I'm talking about here. And then I'm toast after that. I mean, I still remember that feeling. And I don't know about you, maybe that came up in earlier days of spokesperson life for you. Just kind of weird doing that, uh, that interview. And, and what am I doing here? Yeah, for, I, I think probably early on in my career, because, yeah, we come, I think that's a great way to describe it. Because we come from that background, we did interviews all the time and thought nothing of it. And then, you know, once you're on the other side and you're the one that's actually doing the, giving the quotes and the information and realizing, holy cow, this is going to be quoted and I'm going to be held accountable for this if it's wrong. Right. Um, that's kind of a wake up call. So, yeah, I think that's right. And, that, you know, uh, you know, now being having done it for a while, I feel, you know, I think more, more carefully, of course, but uh, but early on, for sure, I think that that's right. It's uh, it's kind of a wake up call. Yeah, honestly, man, pretty sure I blacked out during that first interview. Couldn't tell you anything about what I told that reporter, but you know, it's all good. It uh, it works out in the end. Um, Keith, not trying to put you on the spot or anything, but do you ever see, uh, you know, anything ahead as far as career wise, or just happy where you're at now and, and going with it from there? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm great for now. Uh, you know, I really enjoy working here at this city. And uh, my family's in San Diego. My parents, uh, my brother moved out after college. He kind of started the pilgrimage. And my parents retired shortly after. Um, and, you know, we've all called Southern California home now. By the way, I'm, I'm, te- I'm talking to you and I'm also texting a reporter on a deadline. I'm just saying, <laughs> just to give you an idea that it never stops. Um, I, uh, so my parents are here, my brother's here, we're all in Southern California. So, uh, it's, you know, it's where, where we're going to call home. I think, you know, we love it. And, um, all the you know, New Yorkers that are transplanted, but, um, but yeah, working for Beverly Hills, you know, I can't imagine working for another city now, maybe in a few years down the road, who, who knows what, what else, if, if there's something new, but, um, I, I love where I work now and, uh, and I think it'll continue for a, for a long time. I hope so. All right. So real quick, uh, before I let you go, you know, get back to business, Keith, somebody uh, there, of course, with a lot of experience in communications, both the broadcasting and the PR Uh, for someone maybe out there who's kind of getting into the field right now or or trying to get into the field. What would you say? What would you offer them as far as career advice? Cast the net wide and uh, apply for everything. Be open to all the opportunities, um, even if it's not exactly what you think. You want to do long term, especially if you're coming in with no experience. I remember trying to get my first PR job in Arizona um, and uh, I was married at the time and my, my wife had moved there for a TV job. And, uh, you know, here I thought, well, look, I've been on TV. Hello. I mean, hire me. And the folks in Phoenix were like, well, you weren't on TV here. Huh. And we've got a whole pile of resumes of people that were also journalists, but they also have PR experience. So. Uh, you know, I had to start at a PR agency there and kind of pay some dues and then, you know, work your way up. Now, I also know TV people that have walked right out of a job into a great spokesperson job. So true. There's no rules. I mean, you never know. But um, I would, my advice is always apply for everything because for every 10 jobs you apply for, you might get one call. And network, talk to the people that are in the jobs you want to be in. Uh, so I have that happen a lot. People in the, that reach out to me now, you know, which is flattering. People that are journalists that are looking to get out of P, get out of journalism and get into PR, or other PR professionals that are looking to to get to a city or similar. So yeah, network, 
don't say no to any opportunities, if you, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. And then follow the people that ultimately you'd like to, to you know, the positions that you'd like to be in and, and learn from how they did it. Good advice, man. Hey, as soon as it's doable, I'm going to have to find my way out there. We're going to have to go get a steak. What do you say? Absolutely. You know you're always welcome. All right, my friend. I'm going to let you run. I know you got some work to do out there. But, uh, hey, it's good to chat with you, Keith. Thanks for the time and be in touch and uh, keep living the dream, man. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. Take care. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Just Say It. So glad to have you along for the ride. And thanks again to Keith Sterling for hanging out today. Do hope you have a good one. In the meantime, feel free to follow along on Twitter at Just Say It Show. I will talk with you soon. Have a wonderful day. See ya.